0: Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic show This Week in WordPress and SaaS. This is episode 883. I've got a great guest I am not going to pronounce his second name because I do not want to embarrass me and you, beloved audience. We've got Metchik. I probably butchered that as well. But he is also, but I, that's his fault because he put in the word magic in my mind. Uh, um, so he is the chief, uh, developer advocate at Kingster. We're going to be talking about all things headless, quite appropriate for the month of October. Headless... Connected to WordPress, I might add. So, Maciek, would you like to introduce us, give us a quick intro, a quick 30 second intro about yourself and about what you do at Kinster?
1: Oh, of course. So, uh, my second name is Palmovsky. It's just to, and you did a great job with the first name. So, really kudos for you. Uh, so, yeah, um, I work at Kinsta. I work there as a DevRel in, in general. And, but for most of my career, I was a developer. And I still always tell that I am a developer working as a devRel because still I feel like a developer at heart and probably this won't ever change. Um, so yeah, at Kinsta, I'm responsible for mostly making sure that all of our content, everything we release, is kind of developer friendly, like the documentation, uh, like every landing page that is aimed to developers. So all the wording, everything that is for sure. Uh, that it will be good for, uh, for 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 every developer, so they will feel that it's for them. And of course, the and the second part is everything related with other developers, like talking with them, uh, thinking about some partnerships, and so on. And also representing uh, my company at different podcasts, webinars, events, for example, like here. <laughs> yeah. I, um, thanks
0: for I, I obviously. Um, I've had uh, a great relationship with Kinster. They sponsored the, ch- the show for over a couple years. years. Um, Brian Jackson, that used to work at Kinster, um, is a friend of mine. I know Tom as well at Kinster. They're a great team. So um, I know the Kinster set up quite well. Um, got my great co-host, the patient and insightful Kurt. Kurt, would you like to... In- Introduce yourself.
2: Absolutely, Jonathan. Uh, my name is Kurt, Kurt von Annen. I own a small agency called Manana Nomas, focused largely on membership and learning websites. Also, work directly with Lifter LMS, uh, WP Tonic, and host my own podcast, Manana Nomas.
0: That's great. In this show, we're going to be talking all things headless around WordPress and headless around SaaS as well, um, but with a focus around WordPress. But you should find the conversation really interesting. I think it's an exciting concept. It's been around for a couple of years, but I think it's developed as well. Um, we've got a real expert on the show. Um, we're just going to do a big deep dive but before we go into the meat and potatoes of this i've got a couple messages from our major sponsors we will be back in a few moments folks are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging sensei lms by automatic is the original wordpress solution for creating and selling online courses sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any wordpress page or post for example Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WP Tonic, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. Just want to point out, we've got a couple of great special deals from the major sponsors, plus a curated list of all the best WordPress plugins. So you don't have to crawl the internet, my great tribe, to find the best solution for a customer. you find them all on this list with additional special offers. To find all these goodies, all you have to do in your keyboard is go wp-tonic.com slash deals. WP-tonic.com slash deals. And you find all the goodies for October there. What more could you ask for, my professional WordPress tribe? Probably a lot more, but that's all you're going to get from this show. So (laughs) I say that every episode and they just love it. (laughs) The more you insult this lot, uh, the better off you are. Uh, magic, or whatever whatever. I'm going to say. Oh, just magic. Let's go for magic, actually. Uh, um, it's going to be easier for me. Uh, um, so magic. Uh, <laughs> can you give a quick outline about what you, if somebody was asking you what headless meant around WordPress and they weren't a hardcore developer, how would you explain the key concepts around headless and why they should
1: care? I mean, first of all, I would start with explaining the opposite of headless, so monolith. So this is what, by default, WordPress is. So our CMS is responsible for two things. First of all, we can add the add data, manage it. So every time we go into our, our WP admin, when we create a post, yeah, we are managing data in some way. So this is the one thing that we are doing with Word. But on the other hand, we are all WordPress is also responsible for showing all the data we just created on the outside. We are doing this thanks to themes and with a sprinkle of plugins. So our CMS is responsible for everything, from data management to showing the data on the outside. So this is monolith. And headless breaks it a bit. So we will still use, I mean, we can use something else in WordPress, but let's say we are still using WordPress. So we will still use WordPress to manage data. So this is great because every person on the team who was uh, just working with the website through, through the admin panel won't feel any difference. What changes is the way how we display the data. Because... WordPress won't be responsible for this at all. We will have a separate application for this. It might be a JavaScript uh, framework, uh, like I didn't know we can use Vue, we can use Astro, whatever we want. There are so many ways. But it doesn't also. It doesn't have to be a JS framework. It can be like anything. If you want to build for some reason um, our website using Rust, okay, do it. Laravel, yeah, of course, go for it. It's up to the team who will be responsible for building the frontend, what will they choose. So, but to communicate, there is a need for an API. And WordPress either has its API built in inside the REST API or we can install uh, a GraphQL one. I, there, there, I remember there are two plugins: one by uh, WP Engine and one by, and I never forget his his name. Sorry for this. But in general, the WP Engine one is more uh, the most popular. Um, so yeah, and that's what it happens. Of course, on the first, the first thought might be, yeah, this is almost the same, but you are adding this extra step of connecting those things. I mean, it was wor- working in monolith and that is true but headless starts making more and more sense when we start connect many data sources into one place so In one place, we have a blog from some different source. We, for example, have an e-commerce system because let's say we have a blog on WordPress, an e-commerce system uh, on Shopify. Um, We have some data stored in Notion that we want to display. So yeah, everything gets into the same place to our front end. Everything is connected through APIs and it works. (laughs) So is it uh, a
0: more sophisticated, well, is it a way of doing a sophisticated, what I would call a, a mesh-up? You know, meshing I've, up.
1: Yeah? Exactly, exactly. Because because this is also the thing, I, I, I always think about the uh, kind of, uh, you should start thinking about going headless when you started to think which part of the data that you have to get from somewhere is the most important. And when you start to feel that there are many sources that has the same priority, it stopped having... Uh, I mean, you could start adding those things to your WordPress site, but you will think that, yeah, the WordPress shouldn't be the most important part if everything has the same priority. It's better to have this front end that is separate and all the data. Yeah. You you're example,
0: going where I, I thought you would go, because I'm getting the impression what you're trying to say there um because I'm not I'm not an active developer anymore uh, um so thank God I wasn't doing the service to WordPress by being one uh, um but uh I was better than I probably thought I was. but um well, I'll get the impression because there's always um, there's always a level with WordPress where um you're doing something with plugins and then the customer wants something that the plugin can't do. So then you either adapt, uh, you do a custom add-on or you do a full custom plugin and then there's something else they want and you add in it. But I think there's always a certain level where you get, if they if you've done pre-discovery and you, know, and you know what they're looking for rather than just... Doing a, we've all done it by the back, you know, by the back seat mythology. But if we know, I think there's a stage where you're better off, instead of trying to solve everything with custom plugins, you'd be in some ways better off going headless. Am I on the
1: right track there, or am I yeah. missing it? I, I think so. I mean, I always think about uh, this perfect headless setup as a bit of a spider's web with all those connections. You have this one central side. And all this, those APIs connected to different uh, third-party tools or your own APIs. So yeah, it's all about the central point that gathers that gathers all the things from the outside. You, At some point, you just stopped adapting your WordPress to do things uh, for which it wasn't created. And you just start using different tools for, for, for the job, like I said. Let's say Shopify, I know that WooCommerce is also great, but for example, Shopify for e-commerce, blog, WordPress, uh, some raw data notion, and there are so many other solutions uh, all over the web that have an API. And if they have an API, why not use it? Why not connect it with your your website? You don't have to adapt your WordPress to do something, just connect it directly,
2: because why not? (laughs) Mm, well, over
1: to, over <laughs>
0: to you, Kurt.
2: <laughs> you know this is one of these episodes, Jonathan, where I'm just going to feel like an idiot the whole way. Um, uh, I've never stopped. It, it, I, I've,
0: I've told <laughs> Kurt, I've told Kurt multiple times not to be concerned because it hasn't stopped me. Because I know bugger all about anything. So, uh, um, so get yeah. on with it,
2: Kurt. Get over <laughs> it. Get over it. Get over it. Well, I was looking into headless and I was like, for the longest time, I couldn't figure out what was the benefit because I'm like, I kept thinking in a WordPress to WordPress f- framework. I kept thinking, why am I separating the back end from the front end just so the end user can see a website that's all put together? I already had a website that was put together. Why am I adding all this stuff? It doesn't make any sense. But then someone said something to me that, it just unlocked it. And it was like, it's not that you're removing the head and there's no head. It's that now you can add multiple heads. And so now you can have one that goes to a WordPress front end. You can have one that goes maybe to your podcast. Maybe you put your podcast content into your data and that goes right to your podcast. And And then I started thinking, well, that sounds amazing. And then the paranoid person in me came out and I thought, every time I have a customer that wants a custom this, a custom that, tweak this, tweak the other thing, do, and plug all this crud into my WordPress environment, it gets unstable. So at what point does, does this headless thing get unstable or is, the be- or is the glory of it that it's more stable?
1: And let's start with the favorite word of every developer. It depends, right? It depends. Yeah, Uh, because I I can tell you that I have this presentation that I am uh, doing from time to time about headless WordPress and of course it ends with, so should you use WordPress? Yeah, it depends. Uh, But uh, this is kind of the thing that um, I think that first of all, um, headless will be as stable as all of its services, right? So if we will try to connect one of the services that isn't that stable, yeah, we will have a problem. But on the other hand, like right now, uh, we are going a step further because this is this term that, I mean, this is kind of why Netlify bought Gatsby. Not for Gatsby because it wasn't the reason, but uh, mostly because they had this platform called Valhalla. And it's for, uh, it's called the composable web. And this composable web is like this, another layer that kind of, um, Integrates all, all the data from all the sources, so it makes it more stable because your front end will start connect with just this abstract layer that will get all the data from the outside. so this should provide a much better stability because this layer will take care of some problems, will probably cache some of the results to make sure that everything seems stable um, but yeah, I mean. On the other hand, I wouldn't never say that, yeah, go headless, it will change your life. No, that's not true. It's it's just a tool. And I think that this is one of the biggest problems with uh, with headless right now, not only in WordPress, but everywhere. Because there are some companies that, uh, that kind of try to enforce to use headless because they are just trying to make money on it. And that's okay. And uh, we can very often hear, yeah, go headless. Like your life become, will be better, your website will be faster, you will get more clients and so on and so on and so on. I mean, we are just waiting for the part that you will get all those unicorns in your background and rainbows. And that's not entirely true because headless is just an architecture. It's not good or bad. Uh, it will depend on our business. I can imagine many, many examples where going headless will just won't work because uh, there is a trade-off. There is always a trade-off because, yeah, we will gain some flexibility, but on the other hand, we have to connect co- connect everything uh, that we have. And this is what, what you mentioned about the stability. Um, also, yeah, it's a bit, it's just different. And I mean, if you are used to and you are happy with how your monolith website works, it's perfectly fine i mean it works it earns money why not leave it as it is i mean the fact that so many developers are writing that yeah headless is amazing doesn't mean that it will work for you it's it's just an architecture it's not a silver bullet or anything like this and uh, and, and, and this is kind of the 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 thing that i'm very often trying to to tell everyone that uh, Atlas can be cool, but it doesn't have to. It will. It depends on so many things. I mean, even lately, I, if I remember, it was I think amazing because amazing. Who we know them for the AWS the, and the fact that they are using microservices for almost everything. Lately, they decided to combine some of their processes into a more monolith approach. Because it's cheaper, it's stable, it's better. And yeah, so it's not like that headless will solve all the problems. You have to always think about it, evaluate. So it's nice. like always, it
2: depends, it depends. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Magic. Over to you, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, are there, are there any particular... Scenarios, any particular industries, any particular um, developer projects that have come on your radar that were perfect fit for headless WordPress that come to mind that you can, um, um, I'm struggling for the right word, um, um, showcase in the po- in in this section of our interview. Has mm-hmm. anything come to mind that was a perfect fit that's been on your radar recently?
1: I mean, I see that for some reason and I kind of understand why it's happening. Uh, many online magazines, so let's call it kind of press related, uh, very often go headless. I mean, let's look at TechCrunch because TechCrunch is headless. Uh, if I look at the Polish market, the biggest uh, blogs that we have, the biggest technical blogs are built on headless WordPress. And the reason is very simple, because still, uh, when we think about the CMS from a developer point of view, we think about uh, all those shiny, cool things that there are in in a CMS about the technology and so on. But most people working on such a website don't care about it they have to have an environment to create articles to create new content so for them having the stability the same flow that they always have on every day it's it's crucial so thanks to this I'm sure that uh, all the authors at, Tankra, at TechCrunch at, uh, or, or, or at those Polish websites, uh, for them, they got used to WordPress. They are using it for many, many years. And uh, on the other hand, the team that is uh, responsible for the development of the website, of adding new features, they can add them without worrying that it will affect the... The, the authors too much because they kind of live in separate worlds and that's cool and I think that giving the stability and this is like I said this is kind of a reason why I see the uh, why headless is uh, very often used in those uh, magazines or, or those bigger blogs because let's call them blogs but they kind of become very often small por- web portals Uh, but it still gives uh, the same experience for the authors. And this is the most important thing. I I mean, I couldn't imagine being an author at uh, some of those websites and uh, uh, relearning the flows one every, I don't know, two or three years because the developers said, hey, we found something new and exciting. Let's implement. It would be a nightmare.
0: I'm going to ask you a question that's not on the list um, because I want to, Keep the conversation going until we go for a break and, and um is where does Gutenberg fit into this you know, and you know is using react is it a tope does it have any overlap with you know because I know that the page builder the kind of conflict between Gutenberg and like let's take let's take a really popular page builder in the developer world bricks. Bricks has been getting more traction recently. Mm-hmm. And um, on my understanding, it's built on view rather than react. Um, obviously, Gutenberg's built on react, which was a controversial decision at the time. I, um, I've always... I've always preferred Vue myself. I think it's a much it's a much easier from my standard of developer. Um, it's much easier to use than try and get my head around React, which it's concept. It just it's a totally out of a a normal CSS PHP hacker medium level developer. React is awful to get your mind around. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree. But is there any kind of overlap uh, around headless, around which page builder editor that you're utilizing?
1: No, it shouldn't. It, it, it shouldn't because, uh, I mean, we very often have to re- remember that, uh, and this, is, this also kind of depends on the way how we want to use headless, because uh, I would say that there are two main scenarios when we are just decoupling the backend from the front end. But it's all about the one website. And there is another scenario when we have one WordPress uh, that powers multiple pages, right? So for example, it powers our... Let's say we have a company that does a lot of things. So it powers our... Uh, homepage. It powers off our landing pages and our mobile app that is also something separate. And every time when we go and we edit, the, for example, in our WP admin the About Us website because we just earned some award. We change it, we publish it, and after a few minutes, all of those websites that are connected with it have their content change. And this is kind of another approach. Of it. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm talking about those two ways because um, this depends. Because if we are using this this way, we have to remember that our CMS is just for, just for data. It's not for kind of building the website, building how they look. It's more just about getting the data and the data is then displayed by the front end in some way. So in such case, the page builders wouldn't have that that much sense. Gutenberg, on the other hand, why not? Because it kind of consists of blocks. So then we can convert those blocks into components, into whatever we want. We we can do something about it. But with the more just decoupling way, I can imagine that we could use this page builder a bit more, but still, I would probably go to, to use the CMS mostly for just for data and... The front end would be responsible for the way how we present it, how we kind of interpret uh, what was created in the content. Uh, But I, like I said, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work with Gutenberg. It will. It will. We just have to add a small little thing. Because normally in the API, we just got this big blob called the content and we have to change it to be an array of arguments that we can just pass to our front end and do the whole magic there.
0: I see where you're coming from, but I've also seen, you know, this is a similar argument, what functionality should be in a plugin and shouldn't be in a theme. Um, There's, you know, I'm not having a go at the one that comes to mind, that kind of Great people, but and I understand why it's happened. Is that the one that's on regularly on our radar is is um, Buddy Boss, where they've done a mashup where they mixed functionality in the theme and also in the plugin they provide. But they're not the only one, um, and it, um, it's one of my main criticisms of the leadership in WordPress. They never really built out a solid framework and guidance about what should be in a plug in and what shouldn't what shouldn't be in the front end. Um, and it's uh, on the other hand i suppose that's what you get with open source project don't you um that that's one of the concept, one of the, there's great benefits but there's the, nothing nothing in life has total benefits without any minuses you just have to make a judgement call
1: don't you exactly exactly yeah. that's right
2: One of the things that you guys were talking about that really came to light for me was in the use case with the magazines and the writers. And then Jonathan asked about Gutenberg. Gutenberg is an absolute pleasure to write in with the full screen editor as a writer. Whereas like Elementor and some of the other page builders, you know, you're always stuck in that little box off to the left, you know? So from that perspective, I could really see where that that really would be a useful tool. So the writers and and the content creators people that publish you know the words they get that wonderful working space but then mm-hmm. all the design and stuff is handled off channel
1: yes i mean because uh this is kind of the thing that uh, it's it's not even about uh, about headless it's, it's it's kind of about the concept of the cms per se um and this is kind of my problem with the full site editing and with the fact that when we are creating content, we are kind of also designing many things inside of it. I have a huge problem with this because I, 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 I'm from... Maybe I'm a bit from, 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 from the past when the separation of concerns was so much important. And I always see that it's better to have data as data. That's it. Yeah we can have some arguments to this so let's say there is a box that is that has some role so for example it's a button it's a it's a warning box or whatever but let's not style it at all Let's style it on the front end, knowing that it's a, let's say, this warning box or something. And this is my big problem with uh, with one way how Gutenberg works, because uh, it, 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 it has two ways. One is this dynamic, when we just kind of have the separation of data and when the data is passed to the front end. And this is kind of uh, very similar to the way how headless works, right? Because we have data, we mm-hmm. pass it, and the front end kind of builds it and with the way when we style everything in it and we save the whole html and uh, i had this discussion with, uh, with 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 one of the agency owners in in poland about uh, because i always work with those bigger clients so we did redesigns but we have to leave the content as it was so it has it had to be universal it had to i every time when i created a website i was already thinking about how the update process to another version will look like. And I asked him, hey, but with Gutenberg and the data saved inside as HTML, how do you think about the update process? Oh, I don't. We just will build another one and we just move the content separately because when you redesign the website, you change the content. And I was like, okay, we were dealing with different types of websites. And... uh,
0: All right. Should we move to break? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Thanks for that, Kurt. We're going to go for our mid-break. It's been a great conversation. Um, it's always a balance in these conversations when you've got a true expert like Metric. I wish I'm butchering his name now. It's all your fault. I've got magic in my mind there. I'll put it down use to it. It's magic. It's, oh, I use magic. Oh, I use it's magic. It's magic. It's <laughs> the guest's fault. He's put something, and you know if you're a regular <laughs> listener to this show that I was doing quite well. For me, until you put magic into my mind. Because uh, um, I can butcher every guest's name. Um, uh, um, but we're going to go for our break, folks. We will be back with this great conversation. We will be back in a few moments. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to LifterLMS.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code Podcast 20. That's Podcast 20. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back, folks. I just want to say if you're a developer and you're looking for a great community, why don't you look at joining the WP Tonic Facebook? group. Um, We have a mixture of WordPress developers and people building great membership websites. So if you're looking for maybe some new customers or conversations, um, why don't you join us there? You'll find the link in the show notes. I'd love you to join the group and be part of the conversations. Um, So let's go on to the next thing. So You've got this new row of, um, with Kinster. How long, um, I don't know how long you've been in this row with Kinster. As
1: exactly of, uh, a year. Well, oh, I can exactly tell you that. Year. Right. Uh, like this week I had my first yearly review I'm still working. It was going all so
0: well until you decided to go on this podcast. (laughs) It was all going, and then you made that fatal error of coming on this godforsaken show. So there we go. But we all make mistakes, don't we? As long as we learn from them. But um, what are some of the main things that you've learned in this year? You You know, in any new position, any it's a slight gamble going out of your comfort zone. You know, you're a very experienced developer. This is, um, obviously, you made a judgment call that you wanted to test yourself a bit and move out of mm. your comfort row. What are some of the main things that you've learned um, during being this new role for you?
1: I mean, it wasn't um, such a, like, jumping out of my comfort zone because it already happened in my previous job when I worked at Body. When oh. uh, this was the first time when I became a DevRel, I mean, I remember that the first my official title there was WordPress Advocate because we are we were trying to um, help WordPress developers to learn more about CICD. And later we learned that, yeah, it's also worth maybe try it somewhere outside of WordPress. And this was, and this were the first steps when I started kind of the thinking also a bit outside of the WordPress itself. This is also a thing that led to, for me to interest in headless and, and, and so on and so on. But um, yeah, at some point uh, I learned that Kinsta is, uh, was, because it was more than a year ago, um they it it was before the moment when they were launching uh, the Kinsta application and database hosting, which is a very self-explanatory title for hosting for applications and for databases, and uh, and this meant that Kinsta uh, decided to also um, see how it is outside of WordPress. I mean, we are still. Uh, in WordPress uh, we are still doing uh, the best we are still adding features there but we're also trying to grow a bit further from this and I thought that yeah this is the perfect place for me to go because I'm at the same position I still want to have uh, i still want to be the part of workers' community i still want to have a chance to work with uh, with, with this community uh, go to work camps and so on and so on because i mean going to work work camp europe is like my uh, traditional way of spending uh, a week of holidays because i'm going to, to some city in europe like to Torino and with my wife with my kid and it's it's, it's like a whole week of uh, first of all First meeting the people, the, the WordPress people, uh then kind of uh, seeing the city learning. Well they do business. they
0: do choose fabulous locations, don't they? For their oh, what, that's true. But, that's you know, I'm true. not having a, I'm not having a go at WordPress USA, but um the places they but I suppose I've been unfair, they've just got cool a lot more cool places to
1: Choose to but, host the host uh, there. I mean, I'm so happy with the upcoming the WordCamp Torino. I never been there, so yeah, why not? I just got uh, a quick. I
0: just got a quick follow-up question um, mm-hmm. before I throw it over to Kurt. Is that I, I sense outside the WordPress bubble, the 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 world, the developer world outside the WordPress bubble, as I call it, that mm-hmm. WordPress is not seen as a very cool. Um, developer um, environment that, and that it, is true. It, it's got. Um, I think some of that's true and some of that's very unfair. Is there is there one or two things in your mind that the WordPress um, community could do that would make WordPress more attractive to developers?
1: It's. I think this is this is something very difficult and. Um, this is also kind of connected with uh, with the leadership. with um, And it's also uh, one, one of the biggest problems is how uh, popular WordPress is. I mean, it's very difficult to make a very important, but also kind of backward compatibility breaking change if you have this more or less, let's say, 50% of the market, right? It's, we are steering a very, very huge change CMS, with community and every step, every small step we'll make can be disastrous in consequences. So in theory we should play it safe. On the other hand, we from time to time see that some decisions are made just like that. Uh, it's a strange and, concoction, isn't it? Yes, and and, 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 this, kind of, it, and this is some, sometimes weird that uh, in most cases, uh, I think that we are playing it, like, paranoidly safe. Uh, and sometimes we have those ideas that, let's do some. And it's kind of... Quite weird. appropriate
0: for October, Witch's Brew, we would say in the UK, would I don't know if you know
1: the saying, it's a real Witch's Brew... Oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know this, but but I I think I get a, 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 what, what it means, yeah. And, uh, and, and and this is kind of a, a problem here, and this is also a problem for developers. I mean, we know many developers that decided. Um, yeah, WordPress is still using the kind of let's call. Well, you don't, mind, I'm interrupt I'm
0: interrupting a little bit, but do you think hmm. it was linked? It's linked to the obviously drive to JavaScript libraries to things like React and um, other libraries. And obviously the tradition in WordPress was PHP. Was it really just yes. a consequence? It's not all WordPress's fault. It was just a consequence of that move to JavaScript libraries
1: to front-end developers I outside think, of WordPress. I think it's, it's it's a bit more complicated because I see kind of a problem here. And this was also very often um, said by quite a few developers. Why does it happen that, for example, when we talk about uh, JavaScript development, we can use more modern tooling? Because yeah, it's JavaScript, let's use uh, those modern tools, modern standards and so on. And when it comes to the PHP development, let's go with the legacy. With go because it's safe and the people are using it, people are used to it. And this kind of caused this uh, unnatural thing. Because I know that, that some PHP developers were mad at it. How it happens that uh, some part of WordPress gets all the new shiny tools and the thing that is kind of the foundation of, of, of WordPress uh, still has to use... Um, the same stack we are using for quite a while, and I mean, we still see the problem with when, when it comes to the PHP releases and the PHP compatibility of WordPress, it's still a problem. Juliet uh, very often uh, says about it, writes about it, allows everyone about it. She even had a plan at some point how to connect. Uh, the PHP end of lives together with, with WordPress releases, which wasn't never, I mean, which wasn't ever uh, um, done, and everyone thought it will, but it it it, it, it didn't uh, it didn't work for some reason. So yeah, we have uh, I think we have a a lot of problems, and I think it's everything. It's kind of on top of the fact that. We are so big. So really, every decision... I mean, I can understand the leadership. I mean, Let's let's be honest. I understand Matt. That he has to be extra careful. Because right now, our main thing is we have, let's say, 50% of the market. And this is huge. No one else has it. But if we want to maintain it, He's trying to play it safe. I mean, we can look at Drupal. Drupal at some point decided to. Uh, <laughs> that's not true because Drupal. Did is, you have to do that? This conversation Drupal. was going so well. I you, Drupal it is very all, interesting. It's made me all hot and bothered there. Really? No, but, but really, Drupal is very interesting because they decided at some point that it doesn't have sense to develop everything on their own. And they decide, decided to start moving on to use the Symfony framework. So let the guys from Symfony handle a lot of things like database connections and everything. The problem was that when they introduced it, it created some like total, totally breaking changes. And they were okay with it. They said, in the long run, it has sense. And they were, they were right. But then they made a second mistake. They decided yeah, we should go do one, one step forward. And, they, and the next, I think it was next or two versions further release of Drupal, that again broke the backward compatibility completely. So if they did it once, probably they would be in a much better position right now, but they, they did it twice. Mm-hmm. And they are still in the process of rebuilding. But now they are standing on a very solid foundation of Symfony. Symphony that is developed by many developers, it's funded, and they can only take care of the CMS rather than many things, um, like I said, database connections and so on and so on. And with WordPress, we have a problem because with most things, we are handling them on our own. And again, having this 50% of the market I'm it's not, sure that...
0: it's not all bad. You, you know, you have a, a company behind WordPress that's got a billion dollars of VC funding. <laughs> you know, nine hundred, almost nine hundred million dollars of VC funding. There's not many open source projects that have a company behind it that's, like I say, almost got a billion dollars of funding,
1: is it? <sighs> That is true, that is true yeah it's um I mean this is really interesting when when we think about open source right on, on one thing, one of the most important things about we, we, we see in open source that it's it's free, both in the way of we can share the things and how very often we can use it for free but uh it's really interesting how uh how much money does open source Make or enables uh, many companies to make right this is, this is well I, I just considered. see it as
0: a kind of um for all its all the criticism you can make at matt is that um his decision i don't know if he regrets it there probably is some days that he deeply regrets the decision um but i think in i think in his heart he um he doesn't regret it um but also he benefited he he benefited from all the initial work and traction that open source gave him. So you make your deal with the devil and then you've got to stick with it, haven't you? Um, Or you you are wise to. Over
2: to you, Kurt. I think I'm going to break it down and and, and come to an easier, an easier path. Um, You know, Magic just, what kind of tools do you use? What kind of tools and services like do you run your business with daily and, and what kind of tools could you recommend to our audience?
1: And to be honest, this is this is kind of the moment when because I remember that at some point going back to my developer career, I remember that I I said at some point if there will be a day during which I will say that Calendly and Slack are my favorite tools, please kill me. And guess what? <laughs> here we are yeah so so uh, yeah being at a kind of uh, switched the uh, the way of which tools i am uh, i i am using because uh, i am less of a developer right now so and it's very important for me to kind of plan my meetings uh so yeah calendly um I also really enjoy Slack because uh, this is kind of the way how <laughs> how we communicate. They really added some. I mean, I still don't have the new way.
0: Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I I way hate, I love it
1: and I hate it. What a dog's breath
0: of a e- of a interface!
1: What, a, what a they added meaningful. some 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 cool features along the way. For example, I, I really love the um, mark for later. Feature it's so useful, especially in our at, at our company because, like the company itself, works twenty four hours a day because we have people all around the world. So, I wake up and I see yeah, I have so many things on Slack that happen when I wasn't working. So the first thing I just go it just to save for later, just to make sure that I won't that I won't forget about this. Um, but yeah, still, still because. At heart, I am a developer, and I still have to uh, build many things uh,
2: like those. You, the, thing about, the thing
0: that mm-hmm. you said about Can Calend-D, I'm really excited that the Fluent team they're going to be produce their WordPress version, and I'm really oh, excited nice. when that comes out because I think it's something. There there are some calendar solutions in the WordPress, some great ones. But I'm just looking forward to what Fluent because I I think there's been something mm-hmm. really missing in the WordPress space, and I, I've got great confidence in the Fluent team based on what they've produced so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that. They they can send me the check in the post later on, actually. Sorry, but you want to ask the next question, Kirk? because I, but in. so.
2: Oh, no, no, that's totally fine. I was just, I was having my own flashbacks to trying to get used to Slack, and I'm still not a Slack expert, even though I've got nine people that demand I use it. Um, oh, I mean... Uh,
1: I also, before be, before working at Kinsta, uh, most slacks that I was at were quite small, and here we have like 400 people uh, from different departments, like uh, uh, a load of channels, a lot of those temporary channels when we have some...
0: Uh, you don't some want me asking, you might, you might actually, I mean, I'm butting in again, I'm, I apologise, <laughs> but uh, um, you probably don't know this. Is, is Kinsta totally bootstrapped? Or did it, did it take investment? Um,
1: I know it was bootstrap, but I think, but I don't want to make a mistake yeah, here, so especially when your when, year's uh,
0: assessment is coming up. Don't I don't want to
1: do that, you know, no, I it, don't want it, the responsibility it was, of getting it, you was, into... it. It was a week ago, don't worry. It's like, but but still, to be honest, I kind of not sure, I think it and i don't want to say uh, say, say if something they, wrong, if, it, uh, because if I, it
0: is they've done a fa- an amazing job the kinsta team if it, it has yeah. all been bootstrapped it's uh, it truly I mean, is impressive for, sure,
1: for many many years it was bootstrapped so uh, and yes, yeah, they did they did an amazing job i mean um when i learned that there is a chance to work at kinsta it was like yeah great i mean, i use the product it's it's great i can be I can go everywhere and be honest about it. Hey, I work at Kinstein. It's amazing because... Uh, yeah, you could
0: just say it without having to take a shower afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I had a chance at
1: some point to work...
0: Uh, you can't say that screen. with some WordPress-focused companies. You know, you might have to take their money, but you'd have to take a lot of showers as well.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. m- maybe it was... No, I, I wouldn't say it, it, it was... but. <laughs> I, if, if someone would ask me, "Hey, would you recommend it?" No, I don't ever go
0: at the. I'm not going to mention them, but I know some great people that work for some some companies. And they say in private, you know, we have to, we've got to pay our mortgage, so we
1: work for them, but
0: we have to take a lot of showers.
1: But. Yeah, but uh, and, and 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 to be honest, this is really the cool thing about uh, my job right now. I. I'm really proud of, of of the team, of the product, of of everything, and yeah. If you would, well, I always me, um, I love them to decide to come back, but I don't think they're going to. But
0: um, I always got, always got on with the Kingsters thing, so I'm not just <laughs> saying this for the money because um. But there we go. You asked the last question, Kurt.
2: Well, uh, this is Jonathan's favorite question, so I'm pleased that uh, he's sharing it with me. Uh, if you uh, are you familiar with the show Doctor Who? Of course, I love it. Of course, yeah, okay. So, uh, you already know how much Jonathan loves the show, and um, if you had your own TARDIS, and you could go back to the beginning of your career, uh, what essential advice would you give yourself?
1: I think that um, one of the things that I made a mistake uh, for quite a while was the fact that... uh, I did not invest enough in my personal brand, really, because uh, during our careers, we will change our jobs, we will change our roles, we will change a lot of things. But the thing that stays is our name. Mm -hmm. And um, if you would see my LinkedIn uh, account, you would see that uh, I switch jobs quite often. I do, because uh, I like the challenge, I like uh, I like to learn something new, because uh, also going from one company to another enables you to learn things. And I very often had this problem that I, that I always thought, yeah, I will be representing this company, that company, and uh, people will know me as this guy from company X or from company Y. And... But that's not true. I don't want to be that guy from some company. I want to be this is Magic This He is known because he is Magic Palmowski. And uh, this is something that I learned, uh, I think, when I kind of uh, uh, started to change my career from being a developer to going into DevRel. So, so so when I worked at Body. And uh, yeah, this this was the moment when I kind of started investing more in in, in myself. I mean uh, of course it's not that uh, I am impor- more important than uh, that my role that I am doing right now at Kingston. No, it's not. But still I want to be remembered for being me. Not for being an employee at some role somewhere. I mean I want to be known as much as who is a great devil at Kinsta. and that's great. But like I said, uh, our name will will stay with us. Um, and also, I think it also goes; uh, it, it it also benefits uh, both parties because um, being known for yourself uh, attracts people and thanks to this, I can also work better, especially that my role is talking with developers. And uh, if developers will know me, I will be also, it will be also easier for me to uh, to say at some point, hey, here at Kinsta we have something new, we launched something amazing. And you should give it a try. And because they will know me, they will know uh, that I'm an honest dev road. I'm an honest guy and that they know from, from from social media, from conferences, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, some of them will give it a try, and and that's important. The fact that uh, so yeah, th- this would be my advice, not only to me but to to everyone. Yeah, invest in your personal brand. It's it's really important. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that is a super solid answer. Um, just to bounce off of that, I used to be in the automotive industry and it's not uncommon at all for customers to follow a person from dealer to dealer to dealer, right? Because people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, you know? And so that's um, super sound advice, man. I really like that. Thanks, Master. Yeah,
1: I've got to say Oh, and oh, I, right. I can say that with developers, it's the same. i got to say I had that's... so many clients that followed me. I've
0: got to say, for this year, that's one of the most insightful answers that we've had from a guest. So I'll give you five out of five for that. We have finished. You really want to listen to that. If you listen to my beloved tribe, that was a fantastic insight. And thank you so much, Macek, for that insight. Um, it was really powerful. And I I totally agree with you. You've been a fabulous guest. You must come back next year. And have another discussion okay. with us. I've really enjoyed it. I think we had the bright blend of tech with not too techy because it can go really deep, these conversations. <laughs> but I think it's been fabulous. Like I say, folks, please join us on the WP Tonic Facebook group. We've got a great mixture of developers and people trying to build uh, great businesses membership business on WordPress. We will be back next week with another fabulous guest because I'm I'm amazed at the quality of people, Nightmare like Check, that have agreed to come on the show this month and next month. We'll see you soon. Bye. Hey thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click WP-tonic.com forward newsletter.